0: Between light and dark
1: is so very thin, I am gone. and I have become legend.
0: And welcome back to the tenth edition of Becoming. Legend.
2: What is up?
0: What is up, guardians? <laughs> How are y'all doing today? Hopefully good. Hopefully, Hopefully good. Great. I hope y'all are out there getting some great loot. I hope you're out there rummaging the Glycon, picking up some lore, putting down uh putting down the boss of the Glycon. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so this is the tenth episode of our Destiny podcast. Uh I just want to take a moment, <laughs> take a brief moment to address the viewers and listeners, and say thank you so much for sticking around. Y'all are the reason that we do this. We're really glad to see that people are listening to the podcast, gaining information, and learning more of the deeper story of Destiny 2. I believe that's all we really wanted was just to spread the message of Destiny 2 around.
2: <laughs> yeah, very much. Spread, preach the gospel of, uh, of the sword logic and, and what have you. Indeed, that's
0: indeed. It. Pretty soon we're mm-hmm. going to get to the Gospel of the Winnower versus the Gardener, but those are going to be in the next couple episodes. Keep an eye out for those of teasers, of teasers. But, um, yeah, so there's a huge gap between the amount of story that's presented to you in the game of Destiny 2 versus the actual story of what's going on, implications, characters, motivations, etc. So we really just like to break down the parts that are missing, the parts that may be presented in game, but not fully explained or expanded upon certain characters who might have a history of events that they don't really talk about in game or explain why they're so important. Why are you shooting these alien things in the face? What's the purpose?
2: Yeah. You know, like if it's not in a cutscene, you know, or it's not something that we physically experience in the game, uh, it's something that's it's very easy for people to miss. Also, there's a lot of people that have been coming to play the game uh, in the last year or two, ever since uh, Destiny New Light became a, a free-to-play game and the expansions were the paid thing. That's when amazing. that happened, we, and especially uh, after the release of uh, Beyond Light, we lost the first three years of campaign knowledge, you know, the the Red War, the... Um, curse of osiris the war mind uh the events of forsaken we still kind of know but no one was there for uh the season of the drifter the the you know the black armory the you know the season of opulence where we went to the triumph fall we went uh and explored the leviathan more with the the you know all of the different raid challenges that we could do and especially for you and me, you know, Bird, like we've been playing since Destiny 1, you know, so there's a number of players that may not understand the Vault of Glass, who may not understand uh, why the Cosmodrome's coming back is a big deal, even though it doesn't have the play glance. you know, they don't understand SIVA. And so one of the best things about the Destiny community, from my perspective, is is that it's a relatively small community of, of passionate people who just want to make things better. And I think for us, the way that we see ourselves fitting into this world is continuing to help those new players who are coming into the game get a better understanding of the lore and things you should be paying attention to and, and you know, kind of getting your mind to think about what could be coming in the future. There's a lot of other great guys that also do lore content you have the Mylan games you have the my name is bifes you know um you have the entire uh destiny lore and destiny raid secrets uh subreddits where people just continue to dive really deep and nerd out about these things um but this podcast and, and everything that we're doing is, is just an extension an add-on uh a compendium of all of that like uh, we're just here to kind of help new people uh well it's it's twofold we're here to help new lights get an understanding of the game and also uh i like to think somewhat selfishly that it's for us we get to continue to gush about the game that we've been playing for these past seven or so years you know so uh it's it's been great to get to 10 episodes it's it's a big milestone mostly in the sense that sometimes (laughs) you know we get busy and and 10 is is double digits man so uh, it's just now as the season is kind of slowing down we're not really anticipating any of those those new story moments that you need to play week after week after week uh, now that that seems to be slowing down we get the we get the opportunity to kind of slow down and think and, and kind of you know talk about the things that are not relevant to what has happened over the past seven weeks and I'm just really excited for for both our conversation today and the conversations that we're going to get to have uh, as as time continues to progress.
0: On the note of conversations that we're looking forward to having today, one conversation mm-hmm. that I was particularly planning was letting our listeners know a little bit more about who the guardians
1: are guiding them through. This. I'm going to go ahead
0: and start off. Um, my Guardian name started off as Jumper 90 on Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. Uh, mm-hmm. did transfer to the Xbox One for Rise of Iron. That was a major upgrade for Destiny. For you Destiny veterans out there, you may remember the graphical difference that they implemented whenever they launched a newer uh, version of the engine for Destiny. It looked so much cleaner, and everything was... Brand new and shiny, and that was an amazing moment in Destiny history. From then, I continued on to Destiny 2, which uh, I did switch to PlayStation because, unfortunately, at the time, Xbox was not getting exclusive um, missions, exclusive strikes, exclusive PvP maps. And there There's are certain one maps strike. that I, I never got to play because I was an Xbox player.
2: One strike
0: hmm indeed they might bring it back around we'll see
1: they did they brought it back
2: that's why i'm able to play it
0: yeah 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 so from there hopped into destiny 2 on the playstation switched over that's where i became bird up uh still stuck with my exo warlock guardian uh tried to keep the same image as my original jumper 90 guardian but i was just not able to transfer him from the xbox to the playstation at the time but it, it, it's all fine It's the same guardian my Exo was just reset. He died and, and he was reset, became a new guardian. It's okay. Um, I have gone on to kill several Hive Gods. I've gone on to destroy leaders of Cabal Empires. I have saved the city once, twice, you know, a, a couple times. Made some new friends along the way. Um, but one of my, I feel like, defining moments as a guardian was... The Wrath of the Machine raid from the Rise of Iron expansion was one of my most favorite periods of time within the Destiny history. Especially, that was at a time when we were really wrapping up Destiny One. It was becoming to it was coming to a close. Therefore, all the best parts of every expansion for Destiny One presented itself during this Rise of Iron DLC. Uh, during this time, we were also introduced to Siva, which was one of the first times you come across what could be considered a man-made threat to the, to the system. Sure, the Fallen were the ones who ended up um, discovering SIVA and bending it to their will, but SIVA would not have been possible if it weren't for, here we go again, we spoke about it in previous episodes, <laughs> Bray Tech. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, this is not, this is, uh, Clovis Bray and his family has caused so much issues for us as a species for us survivors yeah. of the human race who've already gone through uh, a collapse, multiple warlords, <laughs> uh, darkness invading. It, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. But my Guardian has come, come a long way, gone through all of this, um, went through real questionable, defining, uh, sorry, real defining moments such as did we pull the trigger against k Six's murderer or not? hmm that's up to you that's up to your individual guardian to decide but um yeah exo warlock's been around the block really looking forward to what is going to be the next major threat there are rumors going around that siva may be coming back but i'm not going to dig too deep into that <laughs> right now how about mr tweezy how about what w- tell, tell me a little bit
2: about uh, your guardian my guardian guardians in fact Guardian, uh indeed so we- We talk about it. Uh, I am a player who has been playing since the Alpha. Um, My history with it is Bungie. uh, As we all know, before they did. Destiny, they did Halo. Um, And I was very much a Halo fan. I uh, was one of the many people attempting to compete uh, at an amateur level, not even a professional level, uh, but at an amateur level in, in Halo. From Halo 3 to uh, Halo Reach was the last one that that Bungie put out. Um, Personally, I continued to try and compete all the way through uh, Halo 5. But um, Bungie obviously left Microsoft and, and Halo behind after Halo Reach. And we started hearing rumors about this new game Destiny. And so when Destiny was first launching, they got a whole bunch of of ex-Halo pros or, or, you know, Halo pros. Uh, The one that I remember most vividly was uh, Optic Flamesword. He was the uh, he was the captain of uh, the Optic Halo team. Before that, he was captain of status quo. Uh, Like he was just someone that was playing the game. It looked fun. So I picked it up Uh, and I started playing it. Got excited, went to film school um and found out that some of my friends who also played halo were going to be getting the game day one so got online day one uh loaded it up in my xbox 360 picked hunter uh and i don't know if you remember this but the first day of destiny was garbage (laughs) 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 like you know um these days as we know destiny is a live service game um but the way the the way in which the architecture has been built the way that the bubbles worked back then was such a new concept for a console game um that it took a few weeks for the servers to kind of balance themselves and so i was unable to establish like a, a good consistent connection with the server what that meant was i replayed the first story mission a lot like, by the time that I was a actually able to complete the first story mission, get my ship, go to the tower, right? I was level 10. Now, some of you who are, are new to the game may not understand level 10 is rather low, but in vanilla D1, level 10 is actually like middle tier. Cause I think the max that you can get to uh, by the end of what uh, the dark blow is like 30, 32. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember just like grinding to reach 28. Uh Played it with my friends, grinded it out a lot. Uh That first year of, of Destiny was hard, man. There was a lot of different currencies. Remember Sephiric Wires? Yeah, nobody mm-hmm. does. Uh, <laughs> I, I played it with my friends, but, you know, Destiny really was struggling to identify itself and what it was. And there wasn't really much of an end game to speak of there there wasn't a whole lot of things that were really intriguing to players you know so i remember helping one of my friends who is now a uh, a director and producer over at Rooster teeth uh, i remember helping him make some videos about how you could uh take pikes and then do a side boost over some of the uh the ledges that were to prevent you from taking your sparrows and pikes into areas and there was just different ways in which you could side boost yourself up and over them so that you can Take a pike in and, and take out just like waves of enemies and places where pikes weren't supposed to go. So we made those videos, but I really like destiny was a game. Where I was like, OK, this is cool. Whatever. Played it, played through the campaign, met the exo stranger at the end. That was it. I was I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Um, I didn't really think much of it. I went back to Halo until. The next year after Taken King came out. um, I was watching some of my I was watching some people on Twitch who I followed from the Halo scene. Everyone was kind of hanging out. And all that I saw, like whenever they were done screaming their Halo matches, they would get on to Destiny and they would play the new Taken King expansion. So I got Taken King and. That expansion was the thing that changed it for me. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. And that is why it is my favorite moment in the game. Uh, because the difference between what Destiny was, Vanilla Destiny, and and what it became and what we as fans and players saw, like what it could be. Um, just exploring the dreadnought and all of the secrets and the calcified fragments and the court of Oryx and that just repeatable public event that you can do and the little basketball room that you can go, <laughs> you know, there was, there was just so much stuff on that ship that was so cool. Um That I remember uh, I was, I was very early in dating uh, the woman who has now become my wife. Um And I got in trouble. Because I was like oh I can talk to her and play Destiny at the same time and then I stopped paying attention to her and started paying more attention to the game because it was just so good you know and I continued to play I played through Rise of Iron which is a, you know Rise of Iron was the great UI expansion like everything looked better they rethought the UI they introduced the Triumph books um which was new. It was very exciting. We got to see Siva and that was cool, but like it was more the UI and the stuff that made it exciting for me getting to go to another social space uh, and, and, and getting to. Uh, you know, that was the first time that we were really introduced to what we. Uh, the artifacts that we have now, it, they were like old shields back in the day, you can swap them out for different things and they would do different like they would boost you in different ways back in Rise of Iron. Um, around rise of iron i swapped to titan um my wife uh was a hunter main so i swapped to titan so i can run bubble shield and then we were excited it was that time you know you were still on xbox we were playing together Mm. uh as we would we tried the three man the uh vault of glass it did not go well uh but we tried and that's all that matters we got we got decently far um you know, Destiny 2 came out. My wife and I were super excited. Um, I had a friend, the friend who was the, the producer at Rooster Teeth, and I uh, had started doing a podcast called Returning to Orbit, which was a, a Destiny podcast in a similar vein to this, but more like talking about the weekly events and the way that, uh, you know, uh, the Destiny community podcast or whatever, they kind of talk about things. Um, we did that for a little bit. Leading up to the release of D2 and like both my wife and I were so pumped and then D2 came out. And. uh, It was a step backwards, you know, like it really from from where we were in Rise of Iron. To where we were when D2 came out, those are two completely different games. And it's really hard to believe that, Uh, you know, as as years have progressed, like we understand why it was so different. Like they started developing destiny two after developing destiny one, you know, and there, there was just so much stuff that went into why destiny two wasn't what we expected it to be, you know? Uh, But my wife kind of fell out after, after a bit, you know, it was, it was weird. The nothing was what we thought it was going to be. We had formed a clan, but the clan tools weren't that great. the, the pickup game system that they introduced where uh, guided games wasn't that great you would just sit there for an hour and and yeah it wasn't great (laughs) Um, you know but uh, Forsaken came out and Forsaken very similar to Taken King really pushed the game forward and ever since Forsaken like I've been I've been playing nonstop. starting sometime around uh, Shadowkeep I swapped over to Warlock, who I play now, um, because I didn't have a Warlock. Like I had a Hunter, I had a Titan. I didn't really play Warlock, so I was like, all right, let me play Warlock. They can throw down Healing Rift. Like this is what I need. Uh, and then obviously, Beyond Light came out, and Warlocks were overpowered uh, with Stasis, and so I I stuck with that. But yeah, man, I've I've been enjoying playing for as long as I have. But for being honest, my favorite memories are just experiencing the Taken King for the first time and and getting to just explore the Dreadnought and you know hearing about all these secrets that people were finding and trying to recreate them for myself you know and it, it's something that when destiny is at its best uh it's something that fuels the entire community it's you you know we saw it with the passages of time um we we've seen snippets of it we saw it in in uh the warmind expansion where there was a physical like javelin hidden in like in a geocache in real space you know like raid secrets is where i love to be cuz those people just like really hone in 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 an almost unhealthy way on like minute details in the game but you know those are the things that I love most about the game is getting to explore and find secrets and experience things, you know, because there's so many things that like as guardians, we've experienced, you know, the loot cave that existed on the Cosmodrome that uh, got buffed out because they got mad at us. You know, the. You know, the the 12 man raids, you know, that we're going to like that we just experienced and how stupid those were. You know, um, Destiny, as as I've grown older, is is less about the gameplay and the story and all those things and just about the memories that I'm making within the game with the people that I'm playing with. and uh that's a lot of what makes this game like truly special for me.
1: So oh man, that was emotional. <laughs> that was really great. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, man. that's what it was. What it is, indeed. Yeah, uh,
0: just kind of, kind of flashing back to previous moments. I was reminded of a time that you spoke of um, during the Taken King DLC, where I felt like world puzzles were really prevalent. Where you could just wander around the dreadnought, and there are random, there are random cryptic ruins in hive language, and you have to figure out what they do. They require a key that requires you to mm-hmm. go find some random enemy kill him, slay him, get some sort of buff, go back to that area and then, okay, you think I get a chest now? No, that just unlocks another thing that you have to go do. And you really had to just wander around and try and do trial of error in every single space to discover all of the secrets. And even now, Destiny 2 is trying to replicate that with Scannables. It's not exactly the same and it really hasn't ever been um, that way, I feel like, since the Taken King and a little bit of, of Rise of Iron. It's interesting yeah. that you said um, the launch of Destiny 2 was a step back from where we left off in Rise of Iron, because that's absolutely true. They are building up to a bigger and better world, and I love absolutely, absolutely love where they're going with the story and some of the things they're adding in mechanically. But I do wish that we would go back to, to a little bit of a time in Destiny 1 especially when you're discovering a new destination and there are so many puzzles and crypt and, crypt, and crypts and ruins and, and all kind of hidden lore and just a yeah. little bit more, a little bit more of a flushed out world that make, made it feel lived in. Yeah. That was yeah. definitely an experience that you got with destiny one versus destiny two. And at least yeah. destiny one, if you want, you can still go back and experience all of that. Still there, whereas Destiny Two now parts of the story will be impossible to
2: experience. Unfortunately, you know uh, some of the people who listen to this podcast will never, never get to experience the wonder that was the the Whisper of the Worm mission. They'll just be able to to unlock it from the Monument to the Lost Archives. You know, which is fine. You know, everybody should have access to that gun. Everyone should have out, access to Outbreak Perfected, um, but. It was something else when you were there and discovering it, like the <laughs> the excitement that the community had discovering uh, the whisper of the worm and, and and how that unfolded and those hidden missions, man. Like
1: that. We we need more of that. You
2: know, I, I don't. I, I don't ever want to see us in a place where it, it's like the the season of the Black Armory where the mission and, and the the secrets are so intense that, you know, it takes weeks of cryptographers to unlock the secrets. And even then, Bungie still has to come in and kind of, like, make it easier to unlock the last forge. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, that happened. But at the same time, like, I, I also... I don't need everything spelled out for me. You know, there, there are some things that are exciting to discover for myself. And uh, I I think I think we're slowly but surely getting on the right path again. You know, I, I understand uh, that a lot of it is is things that are out of Bungie's control. They used to have multiple supporting studios helping them with Activision support. Now it's just Bungie. You know, they were starting off on the right foot and then COVID happened, you know. Uh, there's, there's been a lot of setbacks, but you know, the things that I see now are, uh, are nice because they, they lead me to believe that, that the powers that be know what it is that the fans want and are more than like, are just trying to figure out how to give us what we're asking for, you
1: know, without giving too much away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And even the Bungie of today has
0: changed and evolved over the years versus the Bungie of yesteryear of, De- of Destiny yeah. 1. And they're a little bit clearer now in context of, of in communicating with the community at large. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, you really didn't know what was coming or when or how it would affect the game. Now they try to give, they try to keep you in the loop. They try to let you know exactly what details they're working on, what is coming down the pipeline, and what to expect over the course of the next year or so, um, especially yeah. now that they've really built up this um, these timelines of of seasons and being able to present the story that way versus larger DLC, um, you know it, it really kind of sets the tone and the expectation that whenever you buy a new expansion, you're only going to get a part of the story and you in order to continue with the full story and to know everything that happens and the repercussions of what happened in that original expansion campaign, you need to keep up with the rest of the season. So yeah, um, for any guardians out there who are strictly keeping, are strictly playing the free to play version right now, I've actually had a few guardians in my fire teams that I've heard recently kind of complaining about them not being able to access the seasonal activities and the seasonal story especially when they're playing with me cuz that's all I'm talking about is trying to explore explain every bit of the lore as we're playing the game. But um I would say to any Sorry. players out there that stick with the free to play model, if you can purchase the expansion, purchase the season, it's roughly about 9.99 every 3 months or so and not only are you gaining access to the story and keeping up with what's going on there, you're gaining access to now major gameplay um, missions, major, uh, you know, mechanical developments, new strikes. The the free to play players are not able to play the newest strike that just launched two weeks ago. And I think that's a little bit of a shame, but that's where I want to say definitely, if you can just spend the $10 because that strike alone was worth $20 to me. That was the best yeah. strike, new strike we've had in a while,
2: and we also haven't gotten a lot of new strikes. Absolutely, you know, for being honest. No, you know, uh, obviously there are things that matter to people and things that don't. Uh, the the free to play means something different to a PC audience. You know, there's a lot of issues with with coming to be free to play, and and a lot of things that uh, the devs still need to navigate as far as. Uh, how to foster uh an encouraging community for new players while also keeping out players who are who are trying to evade bans by creating new, like completely new aliases. Um it's it's a whole thing. So, you know, if if you guys are are interested and in, you know, like wondering whether or not that ten dollars is worth it, I mean, yes, uh it is more worth it for you to buy the like. I've always been of the mindset it is worth it to buy the expansion with the like with all of the year season passes when you can. The big expansion content, as we saw this past year with Beyond Light, uh, gave you access to stasis It's an entire new subclass that new light players don't have access to. And it's fun to experience. And then at that point, you also have access to all the seasons. You can do all the stuff. Um, Still trying to figure out how to manage that, obviously, uh, in years past with the the first time that they rolled out seasons after Forsaken with uh, the Black Armory uh, season of the Gambit or season of the Drifter uh, season of Opulence the Menagerie the all of that stuff was stuff that we can continue to engage in continue to play um even after the season ended and then we got Shadow Keep and Shadow Keep came with four new expansions but though or four DLCs, but there is only one like you can only play it for that small period of time, which was a season. And then after that, it went away. So we're going back. We're, we're kind of fixing that now. Um, but we'll see as we move forward. You know, the best thing to do, unfortunately, if, if this isn't, you know, your cup of tea, you know, like that's fine. But the best thing to do if you want to stay up to date with the story is you need to be playing the seasons. As the seasons where a lot of story is happening, the expansion is where the major story points are happening, um, but the seasons still have large implications in the overall story um, and we will see uh, prediction wise we will see where this leads us in the future you know because now the seasons are also a lot better than they were. they've really figured out the seasonal model and how they should be doing things and so um this is a new year for seasons, and, and we will see how the stories that they're telling uh, will continue to evolve and change the narrative as we know it moving forward.
1: So, it's an exciting time. Ugh. Yes, it really is. So
0: now, your listeners know a little bit more about us, about your hosts, about co-guardians protecting you from the forces of the darkness. Or enabling the forces of the darkness. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Two sides of the same coin. Um, at this point, we're actually going to discuss one of the, some of the, major villains that will be presenting themselves in the near future. Some mm-hmm. of these names you may have heard through gameplay. You may have heard in specific strikes or missions. You may have heard Eris Morn talking nonstop about it. Previous seasons. There are two major villains that I would like to discuss. Um, their names are Sabathun and Shivu Arath. Sabathun and Shivu Arath are sisters of the main villain from previous expansion, the Taken King, Oryx. Um, there is a ton of lore about Oryx. I'm not going to go through all of it. They're a major part of the lore about Oryx and Oryx's sisters, Shivu and Savathun is called the books of sorrow. You could consider the books of sorrow, the old Testament for the hive. It's the story mm-hmm. about where they began, how they became powerful, what species they've interacted with after they gained power and where they are today. Um, But as I mentioned specifically, I'll be talking about Savathun and Shivu Arath. First, I want to talk a little bit about Savathun. Now, the three original Hive sisters, as Oryx was indeed uh, Aurix. Oryx used to be um, a female Hive, -hive, proto-Hive, called the Krill. Um, So sorry, Oryx and her siblings uh were able to devise three different methods of gaining and controlling their power. Savathun found a way to turn knowledge, wisdom, and secrets into her form of power. Shivu Wrath was war, battle, hatred. And um Oryx to my understanding was just, just conquering was was just conquering everything. Is that is that more or less right, Mr. Tweez?
2: Uh, give or take uh so the the proto hive or, or krill is what what we think they were called is how they refer to themselves at the very beginning uh it was uh zero uh was zebra wrath before she became zebra wrath it was uh, it was something like uh was it Sathona? Uh, for Savathun and then uh, Oryx was originally Arunat, Orash instead of Oryx. Um, They were three krill. Basically the krill were a species that had a 10 year life cycle. Um, And their father, uh, they were living on a planet called Fundament. Their father uh, was 10 years old when they were two. Um, And was obsessed with the moons of fundament there are 52 moons in fundament and their father's fear was mm-hmm. that um all of these moons were going to cause a synergy or synergy or it's it spelled weird but mm-hmm. then get go with me a, a synergy of sorts that was going to cause the tides on fundament to be pulled in such a way so that once this energy ended it would create a God wave, a massive tidal wave that will wipe out all life. Um, he was so obsessed that the uh the krill mother, Teox, who had helped raise and and teach uh these the three sisters, uh betrayed their father and uh took over. And so they fled in exile, promised revenge, fled in exile, and they uh Found themselves on a ship called the needle um, after a couple of years uh of just surviving they got to i think they were like five you know and they were upset because they were you know they're like we're halfway through with our life we're never going to be able to exact our revenge like you'll never be able to understand anything so um The one who became Savathun had taken their father's familiar, who was a a small little worm uh, that, you know, he kind of talked to. And we find out that the worm had been talking to her, giving her all these secrets because she was described as having luck beyond luck. Like she was so lucky that it had to be more than just luck. And it turns out that what it was was that the worm was guiding her and the worm guided them to a ship called uh, The Needle. And they took that ship and they dove down into the depths of fundament, into the deep. They encountered the Leviathan who told them to go back to the sky, to go back. And, you know, the, the, their conversation with the Leviathan was, was very much Leviathan was like, listen, I know it's hard up there, but if you continue on this path, you're going to cause nothing but massive death and destruction. You know, go back up. If you go back to the sky, there will be peace. They disobey the warning and they go down and they meet with the uh the worm hive gods the first one they talk to i think is aka the the honest worm aka presents them with three larva and there's a deal if they ingest the larva they will turn into the forms in which they want to take and they will be immortal as long as they are not killed in their throne world but and this is the but um in exchange for taking that worm, they are going to have to feed the worm, lest it consume them. And the way that they feed it is is through what defines each of them individually. So at first, Arash uh, takes its worm. is known for being an explorer. Arash is the first navigator. You know, uh, takes that worm with the promise that. Will always be curious. Will always be exploring. And Arash becomes Oryx, Auryx. A U R Y X. That that's important <laughs> um, because it gets spelled a little bit differently later. Uh Sathona ingests her worm, and you know the promise is of cunning. You know, like so she becomes Sabathun, the you know the uh, witch queen, the cunning, and then zro becomes or wrath the you know known for war and they continue to live and conquer they create the hive as we know them today um and what really becomes important uh because we gloss over a lot of things is that one um orks convinced his sisters uh you know that hey the one of the big problems that we're having is that for all the conquering that we do, our worms get hungrier. And like the more we do, the hungrier they get. Eventually they will devour us. I have a plan, but in order to enact that plan, I have to kill you too. So he kills uh Arath. He kills Savathun. And then he goes and kills Akka. Or he kills one of the worm gods, I think is Akka. I, I could be wrong. I'll correct it in a later episode. He kills one of the worm gods and takes from it uh knowledge that he turns into uh I don't know, the tablets of something uh, when he kills the worm god he gains the ability to create taken uh more perfect beings um, that it, you know he he is able to to take Beings and, and mold them into his will and, and like bring them back. And that's where the taking come from. That's once he kills the worm god, he becomes Oryx, O-R-Y-X, the taking king. Um, and then he goes, he, he starts killing a lot more people by killing a lot of people. He brings back, he resurrects his sister Zivu Arath by, you know, enacting war. And then later he gets jealous and he starts plotting on ways to kill Zivu Arath and in plotting so he brings back Savathûn. And you know, Savathûn is is known for being trickery or being tricky, being cunning, convincing people to do things that she wants them to do. I think the most important thing with this is that you know, eventually the the three siblings separate. They they say that they need to go their separate ways so that they can understand their power a little bit more. Um uh, you know, uh And in this time, Oryx has made the decision to have children. He has two twin uh, witch daughters who uh, come up with the idea of the Oversoul, you know, in a way of cheating death further than just the throne room. And then he has his son Crota and Crota is is responsible uh, for cutting open a gateway that allows Vex into the uh, Oryx's throne world. And Crota does this unbeknownst to him under the guise of Sabathun, who has tricked him into believing that by doing that, he can uh, explore death in the same way that his sisters are. And he invites, he invites, obviously, the Vex in. And the Vex create a simulation, you know, as as we talk about multiple times, the Vex are are specialists at, at simulating things. And the Vex create a simulation of orcs. And that simulation of orcs, I think, ends up giving uh, ends up being given to Zebra Wrath um, as as a gift from Savathun, you know, another just like a trick played in the wings. But. uh, You know, I glossed over the Books of Sorrow, you know, long thing short, we defeat at the end of the Taken King, we defeat. uh, Orcs in our world. And then if you go on to play the Raid in The Taken King, you travel to the Throne World and defeat Oryx there. So Oryx is truly dead um, at this moment in time. Only Savathun and Zivu Arath are left. And we have been experiencing Zivu Arath, Um, in a lot of ways. Zivu Arath is responsible for what's going on with Osiris. Uh, and Savathun is the one that we are being promised in future iterations. So. Yeah, I think I, I think I summed up the books of sorrow pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it really it's is. only like fifty cards of grimoire that you get from collecting calcified fragments. You know.
0: Oh yeah, and these calc- calcified fragments uh, for the viewers who did not get to experience Destiny One or the Dreadnought, you had to go physically find all of these. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. single one you had to go. Find you had to make them. a cool sword. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, they make the cool yeah. sword. And that was actually another one of my, one of my favorite moments in Taken King. We get the exotic swords. We get three of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man. But yes, no, you did a very fine job of summing up <laughs> the Books of Sorrow. Um, and to the listeners, especially to the ones who, have, who are still playing the game today or playing currently or who may have listened to the previous episodes, you may start to see a little bit of a pattern. Um, Now, before I explain this pattern, I'm going to dive back just a little bit to when Aurex, Shiro, and uh, I'm sorry, what was Savathun's original name?
2: Sathona. Sathona. a T-H-O-N-A.
0: As they were uh, rising to power and learning to experiment with their new powers, raging wars on species and taking over planets and all this stuff. Which, by the way, we did not state. This is... um, maybe i would say a several hundred years to maybe early thousand one or two thousand years before the beginning of destiny one we're going way 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 back mm-hmm. in time a long long time ago in a galaxy far far away uh oh yeah
2: uh, the the darkness. No, i did was forget up to, to mention that stuff so well the yeah the darkness was up to some creepy stuff because apparently they discovered that there was 53 moons on fundament and that the 53rd moon was the, the traveler, traveler and it was the traveler the 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 darkness the deep what have you uh led uh obviously the three sisters to believe that the traveler was responsible mm-hmm. for the the tides being pulled in in such right. a way you know as a personal aside uh we know that the darkness manipulates gravitational waves we know mm-hmm. that now so i don't fully believe it but anyways continue i just i just remembered it and needed to throw that in
0: yeah no i mean that's definitely a good way to uh... To convince someone that the traveler is the one, you know, there's a there's a moon out there that doesn't belong, and the t- and gravity waves are shifting the planets. So you would think it was the moon. You wouldn't think it was um, the deep or the or the darkness down underneath fundament. But um, mm-hmm. uh, what what I was starting to lead up to was these three sisters for generations for millennia had only themselves to fight with and war with each other, and that's how they decided to become and stay the strongest was by constantly warring with each other. Because if we're only fighting outer enemies and never fighting each other, eventually we're going to come across the enemy that none of us will be able to take. So they they kill each other a couple times. Oryx kills Savathun. Savathun kills Sifu Arath. Vice versa, they res each other and you know become stronger. Um, how you could say their, quote, magic works or how their ties work, how they're feeding... The worm, as Mr. Tweezy said earlier, is through death and destruction. Now they found a way that not only whenever they kill species whenever their sons and daughters and spawn and armies and hive and all of their trillions of of uh <laughs> soldiers in their army anytime they kill someone, the top three get the credit and that goes directly to the worm. That's the system they developed that's a little bit how the take how the taking of other species works it's a way to Uh, give tithe to your worm so it won't kill you, but also you can take enough power for yourself so you can grow and survive. Mm -hmm. Now, with this pattern of them only attacking themselves for for millennia, um, I think that is really prevalent today, and especially, specifically the way that Savathun tricked Crota into slicing open a portal a a rip in space time where the Vex were allowed to come in doesn't that sound very similar to the way that Savathun convinced um uh, I'm sorry she has a really long name but she she convinced uh, Kydle's mentor on the the Cabal homeworld and what happened a rip was torn in space time and the Hive invaded and took over the home planet of the Cabal and Mm -hmm. it's just that's a really good strategy and one that could potentially be used against the guardians at some point trick someone on the inside to do your bidding once they do that trick someone else into killing that person or you know doing or you know going out and trying to gain power in the case of or of crota and um basically creating a situation where your enemies destroy themselves,
1: where mm-hmm. they're
0: already in a state of chaos and disarray that they can't even handle the current situation. And that's when you move in with your armies. That's when you summon your sister Shiva wrath to come in and do what needs to be done. So this is not the first time that the, uh, that the books of sorrow sisters that the proto hive have, you know, Tried this strategy in the galaxy, and it's just very interesting to see these patterns repeat themselves over and over. As we try our, and we try our best to stop them, but the darkness really just has a way of infecting the minds of even the most strongest-willed being.
1: Yeah, it really does. You know, and and we see it time and time again. Uh, the darkness, you know, uh,
2: it, we've seen it with callous the the darkness promises something but when it promises something it also has a cost to it um and we just see it more and more like the 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 cost of of doing business the 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 cost of dealing with the darkness and expansion wise we've we've only started coming to terms with what it means to wield the darkness and 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 how to wield stasis um And we have an understanding thanks to our conversations with the exo stranger about what the consequences could be if things go awry. And so what makes me excited as, as we learn more and as we go back and like, you know, the darkness was a thing that we knew, but when Taken King came out, like I didn't know the deep and the darkness were the same. I didn't have the understanding of the darkness that I have now. And even now I don't really understand the darkness, you know? So given what we've seen over the past season, uh, given what we know over the past you know six or seven years, like I I am curious to see where this is leading to, you know, and how is this going to play out? How are we going to deal with Zebu Arath? How are we going to deal with Sabbathoon? Even more frightening, If we kill them, will they come back? You know, if if we do something, do they have the power to come back? We've already defeated one Worm God, and then orcs defeated another. So there's only three Worm Gods left. Right. But, uh, you know, uh, what's gonna happen? You know, that's it, uh, the more we learn, the more questions I get to ask. Like, what? What does this mean? And like, does this mean that this was happening all the way back
1: then? You know. I'm
2: I'm perpetually confused and excited about the state of the game and, and what this means for us. We know that we are going to face Savathun. We know that, like it's promised, the next season, the next two seasons. When are we gonna face Zivo Rath? You know? Is that gonna be over the course of the seasons? Is that something that we're going to do and an expansion? Who who honestly knows anymore? Uh, but what makes me excited is that we have this rich history of, of lore that has been given to us throughout the, the course of the game. And it feels like, and I know we talk about this a lot, uh, it feels like we're starting to get to a point where the lore that we were given years ago, that was just background information that we didn't really think about, is now, upon further reflection, uh, gleaming new insights into where the story and and where the game could potentially go in the future you know i i still have my theory about what next season is going to be we're going to be fantasy off against amtech again they're going to try to go and harness the powers of the vault of glass because we know vault of glass is coming but I, i have no guesses for anything past that you know and I know this afternoon is coming in, in the Witch Queen expansion, but what's going to lead up to that? And, and how are we going to get there? And, and how are all of these dots that we've put out there? How are we going to connect them all to form the bigger picture that is this game? You know, it, it's slowly like, you know, it's slowly starting to come together. And it's nice that after like seven years, like some of the stuff is starting to pay off. You're know, like, oh, I remember that from like four years ago. Mm-hmm. You know? There's currently a theory that everyone has. Um, there's a song that you hear that you heard whenever you would log in to, to Shadow Keep uh, called Sabbathoon's Song. And that's a song that we've seen Crow like whistling. We've seen Zabala humming it. You know, is, is that going to be the corruption that we've heard rumors of? Yeah, man. Like, is that the corruption that we've heard rumors of? What is that going to mean? You know, the thing that you talked about exactly with with, you know, Sabathun's way of just tricking people into doing her dirty work for her. Will Sabathun's song that we hear members of. Our own Vanguard singing or humming. Yes. You know, we've heard Eris doing it. We've heard Zavala doing it. Amanda Holiday is done. <laughs> what does this mean for us, the guardians? You know, there's so many theories of, about how Savathun going to come in and, and really show off her cunning. And these little breadcrumbs that we're getting just, uh, make me excited and nervous. Cause what if she has Zavala? What if she has us all,
1: you know? Indeed. Hm.
0: Indeed. And what is she really working on? What is her, what is her real goal? For, yeah. um, for viewers, I just want to talk about just one of Savathun's trickery strategies. And this occurred in the lore of the Forsaken expansion. Um, Long story short, Savathun, Oryx, and Savathun cast a, cast a, a quote, spell on the Dreaming City, the home of the Awoken. And what this causes... What what happens in this place is every 3 weeks, 21 days more or less. It's a time loop. So even though you keep living in the present, you're living every day as a new day. You go to sleep, you wake up, it's a new day. After the 21st day, it's actually 3 weeks ago, and you're in a time loop where the city becomes more and more infected with taking gloop and more enemies uh, appear and no matter how many you kill no matter how many times you try to stop this thing at the end of that 21st day of the set of the three three week cycle it resets now what Savathoon has been able to do is she's been able to harness this this time loop and even though you're killing all these enemies and they respawn those deaths are actually being recorded and counted and used for power she is gaining power even though we're fighting the same enemies over and over and this is actually years later now two two years about to be three we have not stopped this time loop we have not been able to do anything about it the device where she harnesses these deaths and turns them into power is known as a murder battery if you read the lore you may see it pop up once or twice it's called a murder battery essentially she's working on the same idea That oryx had to generate more power in order to feed and or overwhelm your worm, so you're not a slave to it. You're free to do whatever you want with all this power. And Sabathun found a way to really maximize and multiply on the threat that we faced in the Taken King. So with this power, with these murder batteries, because I don't think this is the only one that she has or is working on, with these murder batteries. Plural, what type of power is she going to gain in our war against Shivu Wrath? Do you think she just summoned her sister just because she missed her? I don't. I think no. she summoned a very close, a being close enough in power to her that all the death and destruction where us as guardians are going to create while fighting her, she's going to harness all of that and turn it against us. I think so. This is this is all speculation at this point. But that's really what it's starting to to build up to. And we see time and time again where she put something in our path in order for us to take something out of her way. We think we're oh, we're going to go kill this monster and we're going to ruin her plans. Actually, that's what she wanted us to do. Or she was unable to kill that monster or it was more efficient for her to make us do her bidding. So you see the, the pattern that we're talking about people and it's yeah. just really interesting to see what is going to happen at the end of this pattern. What is she building up to?
1: That's what know. Exactly. Don't we all? <laughs> Absolutely. But unfortunately we have to wait at least to, at least uh, until 2022. Indeed. Indeed. Fortunately,
0: we're going to have more stories coming along. We'll figure mm-hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. Or we won't, and it'll just be a massive shock to our systems, which would be
1: much welcomed at this point. Yeah. Either way, I'm going to keep playing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, before we let you go,
0: viewers, I do want to just briefly talk about something that we've we've name-dropped here and there a little bit through our previous episodes. And those would be two, two characters. One is the winnower and one is the gardener. I'm going to preempt by saying I'm not going to go too much into that. That's an entire episode of Becoming Legend coming soon. There is a ton going on there. But I just want to say that all of the enemies and all of the gods that we've taken out and learning to understand the darkness and the light is really another game. Just like the games we're playing by Savathun set up now, there are even larger omnipotent beings in charge of our universe that at some point we will have to face or converse with or do battle with to try to get them to leave our system because they have absolute control over what lives and what dies in our universe. And we're, we are essentially fighting for the power to decide our own destiny, to decide our own path in life, but if all of these
1: beings have their way, then you know we're not even going to make it. It doesn't matter. Yeah,
2: man. Yeah, uh, I am excited to see if we ever get to face off against them. It felt like a it. You know, they got an entire lore book, so you know that it was going to be something more than just a like a thing. You know, Mm -hmm. eventually we're gonna deal with this. When? Maybe four years from now. But you know, I'm I'm excited to see, you know, how this is gonna play out. Where, you know, what they are. Are they is the winnower and the gardener a metaphor? Like are they gonna hit us with some real meta stuff, talking about how they are the winnow and the you know, they are the winnower, like they being bungee and we are the gardener and like <laughs> uh, look like you can get real deep real quick when talking about this absolutely so you know
0: now uh just so, sorry listeners who who don't really know what we're talking about um you know just do a little bit of destiny lore reading look up the winner and the gardener we will speak about this in future episodes so i do apologize to just name drop this and not really explain but i promise i'm leading up to a point it will make sense in future episodes but just know yeah. That there are forces at work in this galaxy of ours that we haven't even come in contact with. We're too busy fighting what's in front of us right now to see what's going on behind the scenes, and we may be enabling what comes down the path later on.
1: Very much so. Very much so. But
2: that I think is going to have to be a discussion for a different time because that indeed is definitely a longer discussion to have.
0: Indeed. So look forward to it. In the meantime, it'll be coming soon. If
2: you guys want to know, you know, about us, about our, these talks about these things, what's the easiest thing you can do? Subscribe. I didn't know of a good way to lead into that. (laughs) (laughs) Easiest thing you guys can do to to learn more about these things is, is to subscribe, whether it be on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. You know, subscriptions really go a long way helping us see you know who you are and, and you know that the content that we're producing for you guys is is the stuff that excites you and gets you it's you going you know we have a discord channel uh discord server not channel uh where we talk about it or we talk about the stuff going on in the game we we talk about some of the weekly topics uh it, it's it's a great community that we're just trying to build here you know of, of fans of destiny who want to just you know nerd out and talk about something that. You know, especially over the past year with all the stuff that we've kind of gone through as a as a society, you know, it's nice to sit around and and talk with some people about something that, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't matter. You know, like family matters, health matters. Destiny is a fun little distraction to to give you some moments of of happiness or aggravation or or you know something outside the, the everyday. So, we welcome you to join our Discord. Talk with us there. I think, honestly, based off of our conversation today in celebration of 10 episodes, we want to get to know you guys better. So if you join the Discord, if you're listening, uh, the weekly topic is going to be very simple. What is your favorite Destiny moment? Tell us. Let us know what you think, you know, because we love to hear that from you guys as well. This is a game that has been great to us. Um and it's what's lead, led us to meet all of you so we want to know what your favorite moments are so that's going to be our weekly topic i think i think this is the best one celebration of 10 episodes we'll do something else when we reach like 20 or 25 but we've got some ways to go oh, yeah. in the meantime though to plug our stuff bird
1: you've got all these shows coming out and all these things you're working on mm-hmm. people wanted to know where do they go Right
0: now, pop popping place to find the bird would be the bird's YouTube. Uh, as Mr. Tweezy mentioned, I have been working very hard on my YouTube. I'm constantly uploading Destiny lore videos, uh, explaining Destiny in-game content, as well as other things. I do play other games. I uh, also recently started a series with my personal trainer about mental health, fitness, and video games. If you like one of those three topics, I suggest giving it a ch- giving, checking it out. Um, that will be Bird Up Gaming and Anime, B-I-R-D-Triple-U-P Gaming and Anime on YouTube. You can find me there. You can also find me every Tuesday and Thursday. I haven't set a time, typically in the afternoons, at twitch.tv slash birdup, B-I-R-D-Triple-U-P. If you happen to come by, you can join our Discord directly from the Twitch by typing exclamation mark Discord into the chat. I put in a special command that will link you with our Becoming Legend Discord server. Uh, the link will also be in the description of the episode. Um, of I think that is enough on me. But what about uh-huh. if people want to know where to find you, Mr.
2: Tweezy? Oh, man. i made that I'm kind of an enigmatic person right now. No. Uh, easiest way to contact me is Twitter at Taylor Zeller. It's my personal Twitter. Uh, it has the the description of like, you know, these views are my own. Uh, obviously. Uh, past that you guys can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash tweezy that's spelled X-T-W-E-E-Z-I-I-X in the middle of a rebrand right now kind of working on new graphics and a whole bunch of new stuff for the stream so I haven't been streaming uh, the past couple weeks we've also been kind of taking some mental health days to to really uh, you know now there's light at the end of the tunnel uh, to really just sit back and kind of to you know relax and, and have some days to ourselves uh when i do stream it is typically late nights on the pacific coast so we're talking like 10 11 o'clock on saturdays is typically when i stream um easiest thing to do go to twitch follow hit the notification icon uh that'll give you an idea if i uh am gonna stream also if you go to twitter and follow me there i'll probably tweet out that i'm going to stream uh right now those are just the easiest places to find me i have more stuff in the wings uh that i'm trying to work on uh but that'll be announced at a later date so for right now twitter twitch that's the easiest place to find me again all the links to all of our socials discord everything is going to be in the episode notes so uh don't worry if you don't remember it you'll be able to find it
1: there and yeah yeah ah well guys it's been 10 episodes yeah. So. 10 hours of becoming legend right in your ear. Thanks for
0: sticking exactly.
2: around. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Really do. Thanks really, again. Yeah. really do. I mean that.
2: Yeah, I do appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to seeing you guys in the next one. I look forward to seeing
0: you all in the next one as well. know we're in Gardner conversation coming soon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> all, right. all right. Bye, y'all. See you guys in the next one.